Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the Cultivate Co-op podcast. This morning, we are here with Marquise Cox, (laughs) coming all the way from San Antonio, Texas. Absolutely. It is incredible to be here. I love, can I tell the people where we are? Love the great state of Iowa. Des Moines, let's go. (laughs) So yes, feeling good. Uh, Happy to be at Recon. Thanks for having me. Yeah, perfect. Recon, um, that's our young adult event weekend. Marquise has been spitting absolute fire from the stage and blessing everybody here. Um, So my name's Zoe. You heard from Gabby, and we're just going to, yeah, grill Marquise with questions. Let's go. Soak up all his wisdom. If it sounds like I'm laying down to the studio audience, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, doubles as therapy session. That's right. That's right. On the therapy couch. Here we go. Whatever you need. So let's start it off. How would you describe the current state of young adults' engagement with their Christian faith? It's mm, a great question. Um, I see the young adult demographic very interested in faith. Um, I do think the the da- not the danger, but the thing that I'm very cautious of is. Um, what the you know the the you know theological term is syncretism but there's an adding to there's a mixing of so i think uh the engagement is there cuz it's like yes i believe that there is a god a higher power you know they they look up but i do think it could be a yeah like i love jesus and i think he's awesome i grew up with that but my friend is x and my other friend is y and I, I like a little bit of what they have, so I do that as well. And so there's a mixing that I think could be dangerous. Not think, I know could be dangerous. Uh, but as far as engagement to faith and what I would just call this this moment in time where this demographic is looking up, like man, there's something there's something to uh, uh, faith that I need to get a hold on to. But uh, how we go about that sometimes could not be right Mm -hmm. so yeah okay so piggybacking off of that um how can young adults navigate the pressures and temptations that they encounter in today's society while maintaining their christian values yes so good i tell and i say this in the context of uh when i'm talking to young men a lot but it runs the whole gamut men and women but i think the greatest uh, not the great, one of the greatest sustainers to our faith is, and I talked about this this weekend, is godly community. I think being in uh, and surrounded by and immersed in godly community doesn't have to be total of totality of all of your friendships. Uh, but I do think if you're going to go in the right direction, if you're going to live out this Christian faith, but you got to be around some folks who are headed in the same direction. This is what I say uh, to the young adults of San Antonio. I said, you need people who are in the same age, stage of life, mm-hmm. also headed in the same direction. I think age and stage is great, uh, but headed in the same direction uh, is powerful. So that whole idea of, and we talked about this a little bit too, of unequally yoked, it really is just to say, it's going to be really hard for you to grow the way you want to uh, when you're yoked up to someone or people who are not heading the same direction. So Mm -hmm. um, I think just for me, the biggest sustainer has been 
godly men and women around me. Yep. yep. So that being said, how can how can churches um, create a community that encourages and empowers um, young adults and teenagers to actively participate in the community to to find that that yeah. supportive community? Yeah, that's that's good. I think uh, churches have to uh, encompass and include and resource uh, every demographic. But I think it's imperative uh, that we're always looking at the next generation, uh, even though the next generation is the current church of today. Uh, th- there's still no doubt about it. There's still some time in between uh, when they're able to do certain things uh, within the church uh, as far as higher, you know, you know, ranking levels of you know, uh, service or volunteering. But I say all that to say uh, churches have to begin to look at the next generation and say, are we resourcing them? Are we backing them? Do they know that they have a church that they be- that believes in them? And uh, I think if you don't have a plan uh, to invest and make sure that your young adults and high school students understand that their church is for them and uh, wants them to be a part of every area within the church, uh, then you, you will be failing. So I think a lot of times churches tend to look at the adults and that's where the focus is. Now we'll do some things. We'll have mission trips and stuff for the next generation. But I just think that you have to be intentional in your calendar, intentional in your preaching series, int- intentional in uh, what everything that you're saying, every person in the room should be able to find themselves at some level within the church. And I think sometimes if we're not careful, uh, the next generation kind of look, gets looked at as the, oh, that's just, you know, th- th- it'll be their turn in a little while uh, when in reality it's their turn now. So, so yeah. Yeah, that's so good. I think, yeah, we've seen that in a lot of churches that we've experienced too, that just like the youth group is like the back of the church kind of mm-hmm. there in the youth room yeah. doing their own thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that's so good. I like how you said like giving the next generation opportunities to step up yeah. and to lead and to do their thing because they're ready for it and they yeah. need that. And they're not going to, they're not going to, I don't know, step out and try to grow and get out of their comfort zone and be in positions of leadership if they never see yeah. the opportunity. That's right. Yeah. So, so on the other side, from the perspective of teenagers and young adults, how can they seek that out and how can they contribute to their church and their community through acts of service, outreach? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great question. If there is any teenagers or young adults uh, looking to be connected to the church or, I mean, how do I, how do I plug in? I mean, it really is a lot simpler than I think we make it. I think it really is reaching out uh, to the, the leadership, whatever Whatever. First, finding out what uh, excites you. You don't know what excites you, then do it all. Just do everything. I love uh, telling young adults to just try as much stuff as possible um, to see what stirs an interest in you, what excites you, what breaks your heart. All those things matter. And then uh, after you've done everything and you've uh, really narrowed it down to like, man, you know what? I like this. And and whatever this is, whether that's uh, being an usher, whether that's being a community group leader, whether that's being um, on the, the, we got a guy named Tim at our church and everybody knows Tim as the golf cart guy, golf cart Tim, Mm -hmm. because he's just serving out in the back of the parking lot, sweltering heat, driving folks in. But uh, it's his way as a young adult of just serving our church. So whatever that is, find that passion first by doing everything. And then once you find it, man, just throw your whole self at it. Uh, be that uh, persistent, 
hey, whatever y'all need uh, type of, uh, of person. Uh, because what I know about leaders and church leaders is when we need somebody and we always need someone for something, uh, we're going through the Rolodex in our mind of people. And the people at the top are the ones that have always had a posture of, hey, whatever y'all need, I got you. Mm-hmm. Whatever you need. Hey, yep. what, what, what? You need me to run to the store. You need me to do the yep. stuff that nobody wants to do. Mm-hmm. I got you. And uh, I think just serving in that way, you learn so much about uh, leadership. You learn so much about yourself. And uh, it really takes your eyes off yourself uh, and puts it on others. So yep. um, get out there, do it all. Find out that passion. Once you find the passion, throw your whole self at it. Yeah. I think that's so beautiful because if the church here on earth, the church of Christ, yeah. we want to reflect the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. That's that's a, a, a multi-generational yep. church, right? That's good. That's multi-everything. Yes. Multi-everything. Yep. And so it's beautiful to just see that. We want to reflect that. Yeah. Here. Yeah. So a big part of, yeah, reflecting the kingdom and growing the, adding to the, you know, creating, adding to the kingdom mm-hmm. um, is mission in, in, in pictures like that. Mm-hmm. How can teenagers yeah. um, and young adults, but teenagers effectively share their faith with their peers without mm. coming off across yeah. as pushy or it's judgmental? Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Uh, I often give this uh, tool whenever I'm talking about sharing your faith to students that I think is always uh, super simple because it's a filter that I think through with every conversation and uh, everybody could use it. And so for me, I always say the four S's, uh, every conversation is uh, starts off at the surface level. So you have a surface level mm-hmm. conversation. Uh, and I tell teenagers, you don't even have to think about surface level conversation. Yeah. It's automatic. It's what you do. It's really just, um, hey, how's, you know, this what this weather we're having. Man, it's cold. Man, the <laughs> Lakers, they played Colorado football. How are they doing? Whatever it might be, uh, it's usually – uh, things in pop culture. It's usually the weather. It's usually sports. But whatever it is, it's a surface level conversation when you're around somebody. Uh, but very quickly, uh, what we all also begin to do uh, is once we find the surface level conversations, we move to similar. Mm-hmm. So we're looking for similarities between us and other people. Yep. Um, so this is where we start to ask questions. Who's your favorite sports team? And who's your, uh, man, your favorite um you know, whatever, who's the GOAT basketball player, Uh, whatever it might be, there's some similarities that we're finding. Uh, So I'll just use it in my context. Uh, You know, whenever I meet another father, I'm always like, oh man, how many kids you got? He's like, I got two, I got a, you know, five-year-old and a three-year-old. I'm like, man, I'm right there with you. I got a four-year-old and a two-year-old. So now we're, we're bonding. There's a similarity. And so it starts off surface. It goes to similar. We find similarities that we have uh, because that's a bridge uh, into a conversation. And then over time, I don't think it all happens in one city, but over time it moves into serious. Uh, however serious happens, whether you initiate serious or uh, someone else brings up serious, but it's surface, similar, and then serious. Serious could be, man, uh, if you're a teenager, man, my parents right now, they're, they're struggling, uh, going through, thinking about getting a divorce. And you hear that as a teenager, you're like, man, this is a moment to step into this. Man, me and my girlfriend just broke up, I'm heartbroken. Whatever it might be, the, the conversation turns serious. Man, I'm failing all of these classes and I got to turn it around or I can't play this sport. Whatever it is, 
you listen for serious or you initiate serious. Um, and, and there, there again is a bond that's created. But if you hear serious, man, you're like, man, I don't, I don't even know if you're in on this whole Jesus thing, but I just want to let you know, uh, for me, Jesus has changed everything. I want to invite you out to my church group. I don't know if you're into it, but man, we have a great time. It's fun. This is where you can boost like what you do for your Wednesday night programming or whatever, but uh, it turns serious. And you just want to be there for that serious portion to say, hey, um, just want to let you know I'm here for you. If you ever need to talk, I'm in your corner. Uh, and then at some point, what you want to do is turn the conversation spiritual. So surface, similar, serious, and then spiritual. Spiritual is, man, can I pray for you right now? Yeah. Hey, uh, man, can you pray for me right now? I'm, I'm struggling in my faith. Uh, or uh, the spiritual could be for some, especially if this is somebody who's, uh, you know, you meet outside of church or as far from God. You're like, hey, I want to invite you to my church. I want to invite you to my community group. Would love for you to be a part of just what we do. And so uh, anyway, I think it's just a simple tool for teenagers to use uh, as you filter through conversations, those four S's, uh, whatever you can do to try to memorize that. And uh, I do that with a lot of conversations, whether I'm on a plane, talking to a barista, whatever it might be, I'm thinking what level of uh, uh, of what level of the S's is this conversation surface, similar, serious, or spiritual. So real simple tool that you can use when trying to share your faith without being the weird Jesus freak. Yeah. 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 That's so good. And I feel like it's not something that has to like, you have to filter through all in one conversation. Yeah. Like you do life with people move along. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So pivoting a bit, uh, we're sitting here doing, technology trying to trying to trying to leverage a a, a resource that we have of these cute little mini mics <laughs> and a podcast a, a dashboard database thing <laughs> um so the question yes. in rela- in relation to that how can teenagers use technology social media to enhance their engagement with their faith rather than being a distraction or take away from their faith yeah, that's really good. I, I think, uh, and and again, I don't think teenagers or young adults have to um, necessarily be known as this like Christian influencer or like I got to do something that's related to like church work or anything like that. Uh, but I do want to say uh, anybody that's out there listening and you're interested in whatever creative gifting you have being used for God, uh, man, I think you just have to put whatever gift you're thinking or whatever ideas you have creatively or with technology. And you just ask yourself the question, man, how can I use this to glorify God? Glorifying God can look different in many different ways. Uh, It doesn't have to just be, uh, man, I'm talking about Jesus with this. Um, I think about uh, some restaurant owners that I know about. They are restaurant owners. It is not a faith-based restaurant. It is not anything Christian related. It's a restaurant, but the way that they give glory to God is they take a percentage of what they make and they send that to missions. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's a great idea of people who are in the marketplace wanting to glorify God and ask themselves, how can I do that without this being a church event? So with students, whatever technology or creative gifting you have, uh, and you want to influence social media and the, what we see, whatever it might be, I think you just have to ask yourself, man, how could I bring glory to God and is what I'm doing 
Is that, is that ebonically correct? Uh, <laughs> is what I'm doing. Yeah, I think it's fine. Is what I'm doing um, glorifying God? And if it's not, if there's any elements that you're like, man, I, I wonder if this, is, uh, if this isn't aligned with what God wants me to do, man, that's when you have to really take that, uh, put it before God. And if he says, man, this is a time to uh, put that down or to stop doing it, we find ourselves doing that. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Going further, um, on passions and mm-hmm. discovering those passions um, and glorifying glorifying God. Yep. A lot of a lot of young adults and or teenagers feel overwhelmed um, with a lot of pressures, and so you know, walking in faith and committing to this Jesus thing, mm-hmm. it can be hard for yeah. a lot of students in the fact that they struggle to find balance yep. um, with other responsibilities or yeah, other responsibilities in life. So how can teenagers find the balance between faith commitments and other aspects of their lives, like school, extracurriculars, Mm. social life, um, jobs? Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's not lost on me and I, and I don't think uh, the church should necessarily demonize you know, parents or students uh, who are active and doing a whole lot of stuff, uh, whether that be sports or acting or singing, whatever creative arts or whatever extracurricular activities. I think we should encourage that. Uh, but I also think that, yes, there is a line because uh, where the culture is, is we're going to we'll just load your schedule up. We'll we'll pack your calendar out where there's no time or no room for God. Yeah. And so I do think as teenagers, uh, and if there's uh, anybody older listening, we have to be mindful of our calendars and carving out that time, making sure uh, that students know and that even just you, even if you are a student, you know, I need to carve out time in my life, in my schedule for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it may be a season where it's a grind. Let's say like, you know, you're a tennis phenom, like Coco Golf, yeah. and you're just gone six months out the year. You're doing a whole lot. Uh Sure. I don't think that we need to just like say, don't do that. But I do think there needs to be something intentional to say, man, let me make sure I'm spending time with God. Let me make sure I'm spending time with my spiritual family, which I call the up in and out. Let me make sure I spend time with God, with my up relationship. Let me make sure I'm spending time in with my spiritual community. And let me make sure I'm looking out to those who are far from God and or marginalized who need a hand up, whatever it might be. So I think a real easy target as you're thinking about your work week, your calendar is just always remembering and, and you won't be 10, 10, 10. You won't be, uh, 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 you know, three for three every single week. Uh, but that up in and out target is a real good mentality to have of, man, how am I doing in this current season with my up? How am I doing with my in? Am I known by some others? And Am I looking outside of myself and the church to find those who are far from God? So you could do that anywhere. You could do that at any time. I just think you have to intentionally put that into your calendar because your sports team won't put that in your calendar. Your soccer team, whatever it might be, they're not going to put that in your calendar. We have to be intentional uh, to do that. So the way not to get lost is to constantly have God, spiritual family and outsiders uh, at the top of your mind. Yeah. So further than that, in thinking about teenagers' faith journeys, how 
would you say that you in your life and then as advice for others to stay motivated and persevere through doubts or questions? Yeah, that's great. I think, uh, I think doubts are good. I think sometimes we, uh, again, to use that phrase, we demonize doubts. Uh, but I, I think God is not afraid of our doubts. I don't think that God is ashamed uh, that we have doubts. So uh, whenever I'm talking to somebody of persevering through doubt, all of those things, I, I don't want to sound cliche or redundant, but I tell people all the time, man, to uh, wrestle or doubt in community with other people, but also uh, even taking it a step further, man, if you've got some doubts, I think we don't need to try to prop Jesus up or prop God up and to defend him. Man, I encourage, man, go down that rabbit hole of finding truth. Uh, and once you find that truth in Jesus, man, then turn to him and, and give it all you got. So go down that, man, question, interrogate your faith, man, what do I actually believe? Uh, and then as you're doing through that, persevering through that, don't isolate, don't do that in in isolation, do that in community. Hey, y'all, I've thought about this. I had this recent doubt. I, you know, felt like this recently, uh, but I need to do that with other brothers and uh, sisters and not think that I need to do that by myself. So for me, I know I harp on it a lot, but I love, love, love community. I never want to do life without community uh, because that's what changes the game. So even in the context of persevering, man, even if you're not doing all that you should be doing, man, still show up to group. I think one of the most realest things I saw in the Christian faith was uh, in our men's group, there was a guy who was just using church terms in a, he was backsliding. He was doing his own thing. He was rebelling. Just like, I'm not interested in God right now, but he kept showing up to our men's group. And he was just like, I'm going to show up uh, because I don't want to just do life alone. Don't look at me as a project. Don't try to harp on me. I'm in a season where I'm, I'm struggling, mm -hmm. but I'm going to just still show up to this group. And so for me, I thought that was so real that he would still show up, even though, what we were going to be talking about those Wednesday nights, even though it had a lot to do with, you know, just brothers hanging out, it still went back to Jesus. And, and he didn't mind that. He just uh, allowed himself to be in this, in the space. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know, that reminds me of yesterday. Um, you touched during our Q and a panel mm -hmm. on the fact that you said that when you get married, you're most likely going to be married to seven different individuals. And <laughs> yes. maybe we can come back and to talk about marriage another yeah, time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But um, that being said, that makes me think, you know, you are going to be seven different That's right. individuals. That's and when you're right. talking about this individual, this person going through these different seasons, yeah. um, or, you know, trendy tape, people say era, I'm in my, you know. Hey, doo -doo -doo that's era. right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But that being <laughs> said, um, when young adults yeah. are struggling with their identity or they're going through a different yeah. season and they're yeah. sensing that change or they're wanting that change, you know, what <laughs> advice do you have for remaining rooted in, in their relationship with Jesus and in, yeah. in faith, in their community, their church yeah. community? What advice do you have on that? Yeah, that's good. I, and, and you, we will change as people. We're going to have, we're going to go through different seasons mm -hmm. of our faith Man, I'll be honest. There are things that I believe now that I didn't believe 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so even my theology has changed yeah. on certain things. Uh, again, I think it's right and proper to have, um, you know, like the, the foundational close handed things in mind uh, when you're thinking about uh, your faith. But 
for the most part, uh, I think we will change and shift at some level uh, uh, theologically on secondhanded issues. And so for us, for me, when I'm, you know, the advice that I would give somebody who's just changing, just evolving, man, I'm going, I think finding someone, and usually this person is older and wiser and have gone through different versions of themselves as well, Mm -hmm. but finding someone older and wiser who also has the maturity and flexibility and bandwidth to allow you to say and feel whatever you're saying and feeling. So I say that to say, find someone, but make sure that this person has the personality of, hey, I'm going to tell you some things and it might be jarring, but you're here with me and you're not judging me. You're, yeah, you're just, yeah. I just want to, I just want to be with you. I want older in my mind. I think of it as an older, wiser uh, man. That's just like, yo, I, I just want to flow with you. For me, that, that was John Hambrick for a very long time. And uh, as I met with John, older, wiser dude, gray beard, no hair. He just would allow me to pepper him with questions in my early twenties about faith and man, I'm struggling. John, I used to believe this. I don't believe that. And he would just ask questions. Well, why do you, what, what brought you there? Why do you think that it wasn't? And this is the, the thing to be careful of finding someone who's so stoic or staunch or religious that they don't give you any freedom to just question things or even bring up doubts that you have. Uh, If you've got somebody that's saying, don't question God, just believe, just pray. Those are persons, those are people that are genuinely stuck in their ways and don't have the bandwidth to allow someone to express what they're, what they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And so try to find that person. It, It may be tough, but for me, having an older, wiser man in my life that I could just go to and he not be afraid of any question, I mean, I could ask this dude anything um, was really, really refreshing for me. So man or woman, I think you find somebody older and wiser that's gone through seasons themselves. Yeah. 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 Mentors. That's so important. Okay. So we should wrap it up. Is there any last words of encouragement or advice that you would like to share with teenagers, young adults, mentors, leaders? Yeah. I've been saying this a lot. Uh, lately this weekend and just in my season of life. Um, And it's just uh, identity and my encouragement and push to everybody listening, uh, regardless of whatever title you have, uh, your identity, if you have placed your faith in Jesus, is a son or daughter of God. And you get to live from that. You don't have to live for it. Identity is received, not achieved. Um, And so live from that. I just the reason why I harp on that is because it changes the game. I think we spend a lot of time thinking about what people think about us, thinking about how will this how will I be viewed? What's my worth? What's my value? Am I am I good enough? And when you realize who your dad is and who you're the child of, I think you just change the way you 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 live. Your your, your shoulders a little bit more perked up. You're just like able to live life with a a little bit more of a um a sense of purpose. Mm-hmm. And so for me, identity is, is, is everything. I think about to use a practical uh, phrase or, uh, or a, a picture is uh, LeBron James and his son, Bronny. I'm like, Bronny is this freak of nature athlete, incredible person for sure. But 
he's been this way his entire life. And I think he just walks as if my dad is LeBron James. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to walk yeah. into USC. I'm going to walk into whatever restaurant because my dad is who he is. And he has that on him now. And so so for me, that's a practical picture. But it's the same thing in 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 our relationship with God. It's when we realize who our dad is and who we get to uh, be the child of. I think it just changes our life and it changes the way that I see my myself, changes the way I see my value and my purpose. And even when I, I mess up and screw up, it is that thank you for loving me anyway. And thank you for loving me through this. And thank you for allowing me to continue to be a son, uh, not okay, now I need to get right and do right so that I can be a son. And so uh, my encouragement out there is at the top of your mind, at the top of every other thing in life, uh, your identity is son or daughter and let every other identifier flow from that. Yeah. (laughs) You can go ahead and just drop that mic right there. Wow. (laughs) Mini Um, mic drop. Yeah. (laughs) Not as powerful, but. No, thank (laughs) y'all. Thank you. Thanks so for much, having Francis. me. Yes. Yeah, you're the real deal. If you're listening yeah. to this and you didn't take notes, listen again and take <laughs> Let's notes. Go. That was so good. Uh, yeah. We appreciate you a lot. We'll talk more soon. Peace. Peace.